So I'm here with Santina Darty, who is the CEO of Unravel. And we're here because uh, we've been tracking Unravel for the last nine to 12 months or so as an AI company on Tech mm-hmm. Ireland. And then a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, I read in Fora that you had wound down the company. Yes. And I loved the article. Uh, much as I was sad to hear that Unravel, one of the companies I was enthusiastically tracking, was wound up. I loved the piece. I loved the interview. I loved the insights. I loved the honesty. Mm-hmm. And I thought that is a jewel of an interview with a wonderful CEO who's going places uh, and wanted to ask you to sit down with me and talk more about the journey and the lessons learned and everything like that so that we can share them with others in the community. So thank you, Santina, for being here yeah, and for doing thanks, this. Thanks for having me, Neve, and thanks for all your lovely comments as well. <laughs> You're very welcome. Uh, so tell us the story then. Uh, how, first of all, I guess, let's go back to day one of Unravel. Yes. You had an idea, you started a company. Give us that story. Yeah, so um, my co-founder and I, um, Donald Trotton, we were running a uh, digital strategy consultancy. So uh, at the heart of that was analytics. So we were implementing and configuring analytics for enterprise sites, uh, including Dropbox, Hertz. Uh, We worked with Graham Thomas, the Irish Times. So largely focused on the UK and Ireland. I had come from Ryanair and Hostelworld and spent a lot of time in many years in online travel and e-commerce. So I I kind of brought a a network to, to the consultancy. Right. And we spotted that there was a real need to, um, uh, every time we went into a new enterprise, we effectively found that the tracking, the data collection on enterprise websites was was broken because mm-hmm. there was no automated, robust testing uh, in place. Um, and as a consequence, what would happen is that all of the data collected is used to, um, to feed programmatic campaigns. So Google AdWords, you know, travel especially is a massive spender uh, on advertising and it was um, a significant source of of, of leakage you know if you were um, targeting um, the wrong um, visitor if you were losing attribution your programmatic activity was was compromised and effectively just couldn't perform as expected at auction and you were you were losing sales either overpaying for customers that you didn't want or underpaying for the customers that you did want, not not competing competing right. aggressively enough. So real ROI, bottom line stuff. Yeah, real ROI, bottom line stuff. Um, talking to um, leaders in marketing performance, um, growth performance across big, big organizations. Um, and, uh, you know, in fact, it was a real, it was a real point of pain that, these leaders knew that you know things were broken and not quite working with campaigns, but it was really impossible to find uh, the leak and the, the, the source of the problem. So we developed a QA tool for mm-hmm. tagging that could go in and could check um, for those breaks. And we had a couple of sub- um, customers subscribing. So it was a SaaS um, offering 
Um, we raised money with Enterprise Ireland and a number of, of private shareholders. How did you feel when you moved from consulting to the product? Was there kind oh. of an aha moment where you went, wait a second, let's set up a company and do this as a product? Or was there, it more gradual? There, well, there definitely was. Um, there definitely was a kind of a realisation, there's a product in this because tracking is just broken everywhere and, and we can solve it. We know how to solve it. Um, but I think... One of the mistakes we certainly meant was hanging on to consultancy revenues for too long. Oh, interesting. And so you certainly hear, and it's there's plenty written about it, you, you can't run a consultancy and build software mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. At startup stage, it's just, there are two completely conflicting um, directions to be pulling your resources in. Um, so while it was nice to have revenue coming through on the uh, on the bottom line, and it did make you, it gave you an artificial sense of of where your runway was really at because in practice by continuing to service that we were we were slower to market and you could get you know distracted um if a client needed you for 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 whatever reason right i mean the Um, kpis are so completely different from product and service aren't they very different and for a small team i would say it's 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 pretty much impossible to follow both directions so we gradually uh, got rid of it already um uh, completely and uh uh you know we could see the immediate impact um pretty quickly in terms of just increasing productivity and getting our software built that bit faster great so by the time you were fully focused on product and yeah. you got funding from ei etc yeah how many people were on the team so with our initial tool because we had a manual step to it, um, we uh, were eight eight people, mm-hmm. um, and then with we kind of made it a pivot, which happened kind of pretty early in twenty seventeen. With with our funding, we already had a pipeline that we were starting to develop in the US, um, including IBM and Google three hundred and sixty and some really interesting companies that had the problem we were trying to solve and so we, we we used our funding to to finance a sales trip there and we um through that engagement we discovered right well what we have in fact is a feature rather than um a product the feature okay. being that the automated browser tests were were, were checking for uh, the integrity of advertising and analytics tags uh, on site checking their presence and checking they were working as expected um but really what was required was better functioning automated browser tests. So, uh-huh. so that was so another started, moment it going was from kind of like massive. we have a product to we have a feature yep. that can test for yep. something very specific. Yeah. Okay. And we literally were getting on the plane kind of to go back to, go back to Ireland and, and drawing up how can we do this? How can we kind of turn the ship to okay. go after this much bigger and more significant market opportunity. New business effectively built yeah. off the back of. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And so we um, built out our plan and, 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 and shared it with our key shareholders and we had a couple of advisors as well. And, um, you know, the support was certainly there for the direction that we wanted to take uh, the product in. So we 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 started to build um, and we, we didn't need half the team in practice so what we decided to do as part of that pivot is rather than try to keep the original product that we built where we were getting early revenues that required the support of effectively half the team to keep going yeah that we would be faster if we dropped um 
that component of the service offering focused 100% on the new software that we were building and do it at a lower cost as well to, okay. again, to extend our runway. How did that feel, that decision making after? I mean, how long had you, you'd been a year maybe already? Uh, probably not that long. Okay. I'd say maybe seven months, eight months. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was certainly another kind of tough, tough decision. And we had... Pro- we had we had certainly arrived at a point where we we were going to go for the new market opportunity but we were going to try and retain the existing product it again like the consultancy revenue kind of gives you a false sense of security that you're extending your runway when in practice you're just not because the opportunity cost mm. of not being completely focused particularly when you're developing software is so high right. and you 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 can't quantify it in terms of cash leaving the bank every month but you, you, with hindsight and experience, you can really see it and it becomes, you know, it becomes the, the, the biggest and most addressable cost, like the most important cost um, to really kind of acknowledge, recognise and address um, up front. And in fact, we had a, a fantastic advisor who, who now runs Slack for EMEA. He had previously been at Dropbox and, and Google, and mm-hmm. he, um, his role was setting up the sales operations for, for, for Dropbox as well as the HQ and, and then going on to do the same for Slack. So he had enormous um, experience behind him. Uh, and it was, we had the whiteboard covered and you know the, the product vision, and um, we had written... Um, uh, Dung, the guys had, had kind of written the proof of concept over a weekend. Dung is the CTO. Yes, uh, and, and co-founder for Unravel. And we uh, had, a, you know, felt had a clear idea of exactly what we were doing. And this um, this particular advisor kind of saw everything and kind of went, well, you know, what if, you know, what could you bring your costs down to if all you were doing was building your new software? Mm. And it just, like, in an instant, immediately simplified everything we were trying to achieve. It was an absolute light bulb moment. And that's, again, even though we had made the mistake before of hanging on to consultancy revenues for too long, it's still not, it's not one, I think, that we were, we certainly weren't as honest with ourselves as Mm -hmm. we should have been about what the, the, the opportunity cost would have been of, mm-hmm. of, of holding on to that revenue. So, mm-hmm. And you hadn't done it before, in fairness, so you were no. kind of learning as you went to some extent too, right? Definitely, Is that fair? definitely. But I think we had, um, uh, you know, we were big uh, followers of YC and mm-hmm. the... Uh, y Combinator. The, yeah, Y Combinator and their community, um, the blog posts, you know, we'd really read a lot of the articles and videos and this is actually um startup experience that's very well documented okay. as a consequence of, of, of their efforts and, and what they've done. Okay. So in fact, you know, if you took the advice verbatim, it probably wouldn't have been a mistake we would have made yeah. kind of off the bat. But then again, yeah, you do have to learn it for yourself to know what it feels like. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you read the stuff and you feel like it's, th- that's, that's very interesting. I'll remember that, but it's not me. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We're different. And we even said that. Um, <laughs> and certainly at one point, I remember it, in all our conversations, but we were, we were also kind of as, as part of our journey and, and um, developing our network on the West Coast um, and 
pipeline and business there. Um, we were twice finalists for, for Y Combinator. So we, we wow. kind of really got up close, um, you know, to, to, to the community and to, to really kind of trying to be honest with ourselves and, and looking at what we should be doing to, to give ourselves the best chance of success. And that was very much making a product that users love mm-hmm. and not doing anything outside of product development and talking to prospective customers and anything else is a distraction. And it was something that I found very much uh, to be true uh, and held true for, for, for all of our experience. So something that we kept um, coming back to. So so we, we made that decision and we um, planned to launch our alpha in June, which we, which we did in 2017. We we had a good number of signups. They were coming from from everywhere. We, um, Donal had done engagement on Hacker News, and we had been trying to uh, just start conversations and see um, pain points, identify pain points around testing and where conversations around software testing were happening, um, to to be part of that conversation. So we got a good lot of of interest in terms of signing up for for the future product. Um, we went to Alpha with, I can't remember if it was seven or eight uh, companies mm-hmm. testing it, found we needed to completely rewrite it, in fact, for our, 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 our beta. But again, did that kind of according to plan, got invaluable um, feedback and, uh, you know, went for it again in terms of mm-hmm. starting to, to, to sell probably from... Uh, July, August 2017, okay. 2017 time. So that was fast, actually, that turnaround from the alpha testing through to the beta product and, yes. and commercializing that. Yes. Pretty quick turnaround. Yeah. And, and, you know, the more experience you accumulate, the faster, the faster you can go. And when you do things like divest yourselves of, of unnecessary distractions, whether it's consultancy or, you know, whether it's trying to keep, you know, uh, uh, the, the kind of the original product uh going just that that focus that singular focus allows you to be far more productive yeah uh, when it comes to software development how did you feel then when you had that singular focus and you'd been through the alpha and you were putting the beta to market did it feel completely new and exciting or was it still it was and also you know terrifying as well so um yeah i mean we were very much kind of now in the developer tools ecosystem whereas we'd started out with analytics and talking mm-hmm. to a technical but you know marketing um mostly audience e-commerce audience um now we were kind of deep within developer tools so um it was whole an ecosystem yeah it was a whole other world um and you know we ourselves were the end users of the of the service it was a pain point that we'd established through our own software testing experience um, and I think that, you know, um, we were always, we were always trying to, um, build, you know, a fantastic product, put it into the hands of, uh, of, of users. And I think where we should have invested more effort was talking to more users about what they really needed. Okay. So. Cause we, it sounds like you did. Yeah, we did. And I just think we could have but done more enough. of it. Okay. I think we could have done more of it because when you are, um, and we were speaking to, to enterprises um, of significant size and, and 
so within which you can find a huge diversity of, of use cases. Okay. Um, and we had, um, uh, we were using natural language to write tests. So the tests were, were kind of written in plain English, were, but they were immediately executable as code. Okay. So um, our machine learning could identify any element, any aspect of a, of a web page and say, that's a search button, that's a form field, fill it in and basically go end to end in terms of the user journey um, required by, by that web application. Um, and I feel there's a but coming. Well, in fact, yeah, there was, there was a but. We, 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 we kind of didn't see it until it was a little bit too late, but we were coming up to like a big um, crossroads um, in terms of the direction that we took the product in. So we had companies, a big travel technology company that was very interested in the natural language piece because as an organization, they were servicing multiple airlines and travel websites and they needed to push out the tests to um, a, a non-technical audience. So a business analyst could write the test for business acceptance testing right. and effect, effectively accelerate the testing workflow, simplify it um, and take uh, increased developer productivity and reduce um, uh, reduce time and overhead okay. between you know, ambiguity around test requirements. What so that was a to be whole tested, business right there. Whole business right there. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, we had these big enterprises that um, technology companies that had uh, more complex workflows and they wanted programmatic access to the API. So they wanted a library, whether uh-huh. it was a Java library or Python library, so that they could more easily integrate our software within um, their workflow. Um, okay. So you were at another crossroads. We were at another crossroads. And probably because you're because we were a startup and we needed to start generating sales and we were targeting those sales before the end of the year and confident that we could get them across the line, we were just going to follow the direction that we closed out the fastest. Um, it didn't matter because ultimately we would have built both. Okay. Um, uh, but in practice, by delaying that particular decision, when we had delays on sales then that happened, i.e. the decisions being pushed out to January, February, yeah. we, we were stuck because we didn't have the software truly enterprise ready and we didn't have the confirmed sale to enable us to commit to going one direction okay. or another. Okay, so... To use another cliche, I'm sorry for all my cliches today, no, but you kind of fell between the t- the two stools. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. yeah, 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 we did. We did. And I think that, you know, what we originally raised money um, investment to build, we, we went in quite a different um, direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, in practice, that was that ate into our runway. And while we... Um, built awareness of who we were and are and our expertise with with ML and our understanding of test automation and analytics and all and all of these great things to 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 create the pipeline that we had, um, you know, uh, in 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 practice in pure financial terms, um, we weren't able to, um, to really kind of endure the the kind of 
the, the very last minute delays, which all happened just post Thanksgiving and Trump's tax reform. And we were very US focused. So anyway, yeah, that's that's, so that's another story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happened quite quickly. And, you know, we, we knew that that presented a real concern for the viability of the business. And rather than get ourselves into into trouble, we took our responsibility as company directors very seriously. We wanted to be able to, well, if we if we weren't viable and we were going to run out of cash, you know, at X point, then we wanted to let shareholders know and um, have an orderly um, wind up so that, you know, effectively we could um, yeah. do things the way the, the, the way they should be done. Right. And, and that was another, you know, yes, definitely um, pivotal moment in terms of big decisions that we made along the way. Yeah. So, so you, you say that you, 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 should have been closer to customers and maybe yes. engaging with them more frequently, yes. more insistently, more yes. earnestly. Yeah. Um, should you have been looking at the bottom line and have been more driven by it or is that just unrealistic at the early stages? Um, I think we were, um, I don't think we were uh, as aggressive as we should have been. I mean, I think we were good at identifying cost reductions and when we made a decision, we made it very quickly and um we didn't we didn't delay over that um but i think that i suppose you need less than you think in terms of software development time to get a product to market and by by expanding the team by kind of creating a false sense of security around the 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 short term revenues that were coming in when we when we knew yeah. that they were short term um we actually created more distraction mm-hmm. as, 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 as a consequence and just that full sense of security that the runway was longer than it was. Yeah. Because if you, I think where our, our financial oversight um, uh, could have really been sharpened was to, would have been to take that kind of harder decision around the consultancy um, sooner earlier on in the day and said because and and just championed that need for software development productivity and talking to users and really do nothing outside of that um yeah yeah it sounds like to focus you know you needed to 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 focus on the product and dive in deep with it and then while in deep decide what functionality was the killer functionality and what was the killer audience and just go deeper with that again. Is that fair? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. But these are all the lessons that you learn. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, you, you kind of have to do it to, and I hear you, you had a lot of support and you had great advisors yes. and you were very close to YC. Yes. But there's, there's nothing like firsthand experience, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, share some other lessons, like kind of lifting it up to kind of like broader business, you know, what, yeah. what, what can you, you know, share with others? I mean, there's loads there already, but there's other things we've talked about that kind of like just lessons learned. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, we, uh, I think again, just in terms of you know, we did kind of a number of events, for example, you know, we, 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 we went to collision, we, um, we had it, uh, I was in New Orleans, it was in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a lot of awareness around what we were doing with the investment community and with prospective customers, but really we were pitching a product before we had it uh-huh. feature completion and, 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 and built. 
And so the time that we did get with prospective customers, we were able to validate over and over again that the problems that we were trying to solve absolutely existed. Uh And the application of our technology was of high value to business as well. But in hindsight, I think I would have spent, we would have spent more time really listening to the customers. Give us your use case, give us your pain points in more detail and less take up less time talking about how good our solution was okay. in practice going to be because we still, you know, at that point weren't um ready to to go with it um to, to, to the market. So yeah. so more one to one interviews. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think we were just very good at getting in the door and had we um of some fantastic companies. We went into Twilio, into Uber I mean, we were all over the all valley, over the New York, LA, um, Ireland, the UK. Had we spent more time, you know, cultivating those those interviews with the software development teams that were that were doing the testing, and and, and less time pitching what we were, what we, we were, were going, going to, to have, do. okay, um, in order to kind of get a, a signed up list, we yeah. would we would have also been, um, more effective, and you can burn, you know. Just because you have the opportunity to go in and present to IBM or to Uber, um, and it's great to kind of make the connection. And we did build very good relationships, and in in practice, you know, we're going back to consult with some of them mm-hmm. now. Um, you can also burn leads doing that by right. going too soon, and there is such a strong network in the valley that there's huge support for getting a startup into a company. Far more, I would even say, than exists in Ireland, where it's really hard mm-hmm. to get into companies. And uh, I think um, companies here with startups sh- should be far more aware of how expensive those conversations for startups are. And, um, you know, we could talk to companies, spend two months getting into a company in Dublin, have a conversation for three months to find out at the end of that don't think so and right. not have a really good reason for 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 why not and um, whereas in the valley i could ring up and say i'm going to be over next tuesday do you have time for a coffee and you'd get in you'd get in front of a really good audience you'd get fantastic feedback um but had we had more product to share at that point yeah um rather than just the demo or just give us your use case and we'll come back to you um we we would have been able to take far greater advantage of that particular opportunity as well. Yeah, because like you say, conversations are expensive. So if you're really spending expensive. the money yeah. in in real or virtual terms, yes. you need to dive in. I mean, it sounds like you're saying you may think you know your customer, but you don't know your yeah. customer until you've thought you know your customer many times over. Exactly, exactly. You know, and your customer will appear in like, lots of different um guises and uh again you know when you think you know what the real use case is you you dive in again and you see you see more layers to it um so i think we 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 certainly did without a doubt we got very deep into the sales funnel um but we were solving a hard technology problem using AI for testing and in practice we were very early to the market because as part of the experience of winding up we also spoke to about seven or eight companies based in the US 
all in testing to look at some collaboration around the IP um, or some potential acquisition opportunity and kind of came to the conclusion that for where we were at, it was no different to an enterprise sale. There was, there was interest. The code would have been useless without the team, you know, so that we kind of knew going into the conversations, but that in practice, those companies wanted to see how our technology, our software could add value to their workflow. So you have to do work to demonstrate that mm-hmm. because the software wasn't complete enough. Um, and it didn't, you know, it was exactly the same as an enterprise sale. So we just needed, you know, uh, to treat to, it that way, to treat it that way. Um, and, you know, didn't just didn't have the, the you know, the time yeah really available left to us to do that but yeah yeah for all of the reasons yeah but what what we did establish as a consequence of those conversations around specifically looking at the value of our ip whether you know it was our experience domain knowledge and 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 experience with the software development was that really and truly we were very early to the market and and solutions using ai for testing are only beginning to emerge and they're very kind of you know um they're more rudimentary applications of of AI in this space, so it's, okay. um, that was, you know, yeah. This is the 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 hard the hard truth, right? Yeah. I mean, and there is yeah. such a thing. I mean, timing can be everything, and being yes. too early for a market is almost as bad as being too late yeah. for a market sometimes. Yeah. So, in terms of so the company is 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 wound up. Yes. Um you're you're out there and you said to me earlier on you know i you know i i I hope people don't feel like we let them down you know and you know my response to that was absolutely not of course it's the it's the it's the not starting ever yeah and even then people aren't letting yeah people down but having the confidence to get started so yes you know i mean you would do it all again yeah, actually, and I, I spent quite a bit of time saying, I'm not going to do it all again. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go and get a job for a while. And, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, I will to some extent, because again, as a founder, you take a big hit on salary and you you park up saving for things you should be saving for, etc. Um, so definitely, you know, generating an income for now is a priority. But there's, there's no doubt in my mind now that, that I do it all again, because you kind of feel like you know titanium or something in that once you've been through this process you'd never actually be afraid of it again yeah of of making decisions that you're afraid of because of cash flow yeah and bottom line is so important and financial oversight is so important um and i you know to be fair i think we we always kept those both very very clearly in mind in terms of our burn um we always knew exactly where we were, but um, I think that uh, certainly, you know, it 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 was it was a fear of failure and of uh you know of, of the runway drying up and that kind of it can kind of hold you back yeah uh, a little bit you were bit kind of well. watching your backs all the time yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And you, you have to make decisions for, for the right reason. And, you know, in, in the context of, of doing the best for the business, at that point, an orderly wind-up was the best decision for the business. So you make it and then you think, you know, I really won't be afraid of that the same way um, in the future. Once you've put 
investment capital to work and you've done everything that you said you would do and and, and, and probably more in terms of the progress that we succeeded in making mm-hmm. I feel now that to start a new venture will make um, any capital invested in any new venture that we have go go three times as far because because we have all of this experience yeah. you know that you can't you know in terms of terms of things we did right things we did wrong um and you know knowing how to take full advantage of of opportunities as they present themselves as well yeah and that's the good news for the irish startup and innovation community that i've no doubt you will go again yes um can we finish up with one final thing as you know we have the 100 million campaign that we're going we want to try as tech ireland Mm -hmm. 100 million in female founder funding yeah in ireland in 2018 we tracked 79.4 last year so as a female business leader and as a female founder who got funding in Ireland, uh, any observations, lessons learned, any messages for the female founder community out there about all of that? Um, yeah, ab- absolutely. I, 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 I still think it comes down to demonstrating that you have traction before you try and get any investment and being honest about what that traction really represents. Um, I think that it would be great for female founders. I mean, there are a lot of female-led initiatives, but I think that the the value is is on some of them is is just too low, and that they should be, uh, they should be higher in value because it's very difficult out of a competitive start fund or or something like that to to be able to pay for anybody else besides yourself. Okay. Um. And so higher higher value investment opportunities mm-hmm. deeper would, pockets I think would 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 certainly um go a long way, but I think first and foremost it's 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 finding a way to demonstrate that traction before you go and and raise any money at all um and i but otherwise, I think that the investment community is is and has been um supportive and uh you know there you know, those those issues in terms of maybe those those barriers are are lower certainly than they than, than they would have been so i, I and i think mm-hmm. that there's so many great um examples of of success now that are female led as well that like everybody takes takes pride in that yeah yeah and people like you are helping to open that and give the experience to investors and investing in female founders as well right so the more the more we do it the more we invest in our female founders the more we will invest in them the more ambitious they'll be the more they'll grow etc absolutely yeah and actually just one other point but i think it's it's more specific to technology software development is that um you know, it where where you can demonstrate the R and D opportunity. Of course, there are credits and there's incentives there from 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 a tax perspective, but I think that where you can demonstrate real innovation within the technology that you're developing, um, a greater higher propensity of grants. Okay. Um, for that, uh, would 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 also go a long way to get to a point where you can kind of demonstrate that traction. Yeah. Um because new technology, you know, it's 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 a harder it's a hard problem to to crack when you're developing that software. You you need a period of time to kind of figure out the best um design for the delivery and distribution of that software. Um and I think it's absolutely worth where you can say this technology 
demonstrate that it is disruptive and is bringing you know maybe it's introducing an application for ai and testing for example yeah that it is um it definitely uh, merits you know a grant to get it to a point and then yeah. go from there yeah otherwise so the inf- it's, it's not in the interest of female founders or any founders to get overly diluted before they can get to a point where they can demonstrate traction big time and the investment then comes when you're scaling when you say okay yeah. this product market fit yeah now we need the money to scale yeah yeah exactly okay. exactly that's great advice Santina yeah. thank you so much for no being problem. here today thanks so great Lee. to see you yeah good luck with everything thank you